Okay. So there were several carbonus, carbonus animals that were um, that were, there's some ritual done with them that were done outside of the Bismagdash. There's three of them, I think, that are mentioned that are that, that exist. One of them is the Paraduma. The Paraduma was um, was done outside of the Bismagdash. Um to the point that the coin Right, I said a ritual. That's what I said. Not really carbonus. Um, the a second one. What? What? Very good. That's what we're going to say. The second one is the Sar Hamishtalaya, which is coming up in Kippur, the animal which was thrown down the mountain. And the third one, like Rabbi Stillerman said, is the Egla Arufa. The Egla Arufa was discussed on last week's Parsha. Now, there is a difference between Egla Arufa and the first two. A huge difference, which uh, needs explanation. The difference is that the Paraduma and the Sari Mishtalayach all still had some association and connection with the Beis Hamikdash. You know, in Parshas Re'ei, we learned that the Torah said that any once the once Hashem established the Beis Hamikdash in Eretz in Yerushalayim, you were not allowed to bring do any rituals with with animals besides for shechita, um, for eating outside of the Beis Hamikdash. So the Paraduma and the animal which they threw down the um, Azazel uh, um, on Yom Kippur still had uh, this, the, the animal they threw down on Yom Kippur, it started in the Beis Amigdash. They took it from there. The Paraduma had to be done in a place where you can see the entrance of the Beis Amigdash facing that direction from where it was done. The Egla Rufa is the only one of the three which had nothing to do with the Beis HaMikdash. And it's, it's interesting. It's the only one that the Torah gives a ritual about, which uh, once there's a Beis HaMikdash, it was still something that had no connection. And it means there's something unique about it. And there's a, there's a lot of messages that could be learned out from the Egar Rufa. It's an interesting um, uh, concept. What was it? It was if there was a Mace Mitzvah, if there was someone that passed away, that, uh, that died, outside of the city, um, away from any inhabited area, um, and he was found. They they would they would measure which city it was closest to, and the biggest people in the cities, the the Tamadich Hachamim, the Zikenim, they would come out, and they would have to do a whole ritual, right? They would have to. They wouldn't kill the animal. Norm. They would take an animal, an animal that was never used for anything, and they they um, they shechted the animal outside over there in that area, away from any civilized place, on a land that was never used. And the way they killed the animal wasn't the regular way. They didn't do shechita. They hit it from the they they, they did it from the back, from the back of the neck. Um, and um, they said a whole thing that you know um, But it's interesting that uh, the, the whole ritual was interesting. And um, there's several messages that can be learned which give insight on it. There's one that someone here. He's not here now. Someone here shared uh, the guy that he was. Uh, is he staying by you? I don't know. He's my brother-in-law, is, is, he, is he your brother-in-law? Yeah. He was davening with us last week. He shared with me something yeah. which is connected to another part I saw, which is very, very powerful. What's going on here? Right? We have a person that that died. Now, when a person passes away, so we discussed last week: there's spiritual death, there's physical death, but even just the physical death, when a person passes away. It, they have no more potential. Meaning anything that they could have done in this world is taken away from them. They have no ability to do anything more. Um, we say this spiritually for the neshama. The soul doesn't want to come down into our body. Why would it want to be stuck in a physical place when it can be enjoy, 
its spiritual experience close to God. When it does come down, the soul eventually realizes that it can accomplish and it can elevate itself by being down here. And once it's down here, the soul doesn't want to go back up because it knows it can accomplish here. And when it goes back up, it misses being down here because it can't do anything up there, so to speak. It just stays where it is. Um, so the, there's, there's so much potential that everyone has in this world. Um, when a person passes away, their p- potential is taken away. And the same is spiritually. Spiritual death is when a person decides that they can no longer grow, that they're spiritually done, <laughs> that, they, that they can't, either that they're a lost case, that they can't grow anymore, that they, they don't see any potential for themselves. And unfortunately, it's the same with other people. Now, sometimes people can look at someone, whether it be a child, an adult, or someone that they may have any ability to have some influence on, and sometimes they say, you know what, I see potential, I see that I can help them. And sometimes a person could look at someone and say, I don't see any potential anymore. There's, not, there's no hope for this person. <laughs> and there's, there's nothing, to, nothing to talk about, no one to talk to, etc. And this is the, what's symbolized by this person that passes away outside of the city. That um, so people would technically say, you know, it's not my responsibility. This person either he was away from any inhabited area, away from any civilized place. Meaning, so to speak, spiritually, this person was so distant that people, unfortunately, can look at someone like that and say he had no potential or he has no potential. We're talking even a spiritual death, where they say that they, they just cut him out. They say there's nothing, there's no hope for him. And um, the Torah tells us that not only uh, um, do we have to um, worry about such a person, but the responsibility um, and the guilt, so to speak, goes on the greatest people in the city. The leaders, the greatest people in the city, it was their job to, to see to it that every single person is looked after, not just physically, but spiritually. That every single person is, um, every, people can look at them and they have to look at them and see that there is potential. And see that there, that there is um, hope for this person. And this is why, yeah, this ritual was done, so to speak, completely disconnected from the Beis HaMikdash, completely set because we're, we're dealing with a situation where people... Um, considered this person as being so spiritually detached and disconnected that they have no association at all with anything holy. And um, this is why they take an animal that was never worked on. And it's all about the potential. Seeing that there was no potential for this person, we have to um, make a point of it to, to help us realize that no, that everyone has potential. Everyone has hope. Everyone has some ability to grow. And um, this is, it's important to realize this about ourselves and about others. Sometimes we talk so much about our children and about other people having hope and having ability to grow that we say, like, you know, I'm a lost case. I'm already an adult. I'm already overgrown. And um, I got to worry about my children, make sure they can grow. Sometimes we don't realize that we can grow also. <laughs> that, uh, that no matter how old we are, no matter how far we are in life, we have the ability to grow also. That's what Elul is all about. That's what we do before Shoshana. So we need, to, um, we need to see to it to never spiritually cut someone off. Here, to never say that someone spiritually can't grow. And we have to constantly um, rethink it. And whenever we, we, have, we, un- we see someone like that or we see ourselves like that and say that there's no ability for any spiritual growth, we have to right away, we have to remember the story of Agla Rufa and we have to uh, look back and say that, no, there's no such thing. It's the responsibility of ourselves and of everyone and of us for ourselves and us for others to 
always seated to be able to find some area where someone can potentially grow that, and see that they have potential. Um, the Rebbe encouraged us when it came to birthdays that, um, that uh, there were many people that said that birthdays is the day, it's a very negative day because it gave all the, it's the potential for anyone to do, to, do, to do anything bad or for all the bad that a person ha- um, is capable of in his lifetime. And the Rebbe said the opposite. The Rebbe said that a birthday is, is the day that Hashem gave you all the potential to do everything good. That the day you were born, you have the tre- most tre- tremendous potential to be the greatest person. And every time when it comes around a person's birthday, it's time for them to realize again all the potential they had by being brought into this world. And so coming now, the birthday of the world, Rosh Hashanah, and um, the birthday, the, when we restart the year, it's time for us to again see that even if this last year we don't, we didn't see so much uh, growth or potential for growth. There's no such thing. There's no such thing. The Torah doesn't accept that. There's always potential for growth, for not just for others, but for ourselves. And we have to be able to see where can I grow, which area, where can I spiritually become better, and then never cut off. Chaim. All right. All right. Awesome.